I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're out? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're out? With us. Yeah. This week on the Dallas Famous Podcast, we have fire performer and dancer Brianna Epser. Brianna is also a costume designer, choreographer, booking agent, and a certified nurse. Simply put, she's an all-around badass. Brianna discusses the challenges that have faced her dealing with being a high-functioning artistic in both life and as a performer and lead on performance gigs. We also talk about her all-female fire group, Vampire. Brianna gets into it discussing the fire community, both the good and the bad. She says some important things that most people don't want to talk about, and she doesn't pull any punches. I know you'll enjoy this one with Brianna Epsera. Okay, we are here today at Epic Central in Grand Prairie. We have the uh, special privilege of using this awesome little podcasting studio. And I am here with Brianna Epsera. Epsara. Epsara. Yeah. I was so darn close. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I start every episode by asking, so you're a Texan? Yeah, I'm from Texas originally. And like which part of Texas? I'm from East Texas, Nacogdoches. Okay. okay. And you're now like in DFW. Yeah, I came up here for college back in the day. Okay. And then I just, you know, how people stop in Dallas and then they stay in Dallas forever. Right. Like that's how it goes. Where, where were you at school? I went to UNT for my basics and I got a bachelor's in nursing from Texas Women's University. Oh, cool. So you're a nurse. Yeah. That's your yeah. like, real life job. Yeah, that's my Monday through Friday gig. Okay interesting and okay so let's let's start like early on so um you're you're a fire performer you're a dancer you're an entertainer like well like if some yeah. when someone asks you what do you call yourself i know i've had trouble coming up with uh, when people ask me what i do i've had trouble being like what do i pick today um because i just have a personality that once i feel like i've gotten somewhere with an art form i'm like okay what's next so it just kind of snowballed into this whole thing I was hoping to find a niche, like one thing that people would just book me for over and over consistently, but that didn't happen. It ended up that I ended up being booked for costume making and stilt walking and fire manipulation, you know, flow arts. So it's like I have a full schedule. It's very fun. I have such a full schedule that I get to sub out a lot of gigs and all that, like basically point, yeah. every every week. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up just being like, okay, well now I do everything and it's been really fun. I feel like that's true with everything now though. Cause I just want to be a photographer and here I am doing a podcast. I have to write and like, I would be happy if people just, no, he's a photographer. That's it. But that's the world we're living in. But like, you're good at all of these things. So thankfully. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm good at it. Yeah. yeah that absolutely. was what was surprising to me was that I was actually pretty, um, I had an aptitude for all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So well, it's, it's definitely turned into something I wasn't expecting it's, at the beginning yeah a lot actually yeah you just were doing well let, let's go back so like what was when you were growing up like what was it were you a dancer like what how did it start mm -hmm. for you 
Yes. Uh, so Nacogdoches, there are limited resources, but I did gymnastics and I did dance and I loved it. And I remember being a kid and like winning competitions and stuff and it didn't really register that like I was actually good at it. I just enjoyed it so much. And then my mom taught me how to do costumes. So I've been doing that since I was a kid too. But I always loved belly dance. That's my main dance form. It's just that in the small town, there weren't belly dance um, teachers available. So I, I would literally buy books on belly dance. Huh. I've never heard anybody learning da- belly that's, dance from books. Wow. But, <laughs> but that's how I learned, yeah. I mean, had you seen it in a movie or on TV to like kind of get a sense of it? I think I just saw pictures of it and I was like, that's cool. That's bright oh, and wow. feminine and flowy. And that's it just really vibed. And I was like, I want to know more about this thing and then once I got to college and I had more resources I was like okay let me start taking these classes because I was like ready to go nice so I mean like were you like in like cheerleading drill team or doing stuff like that no it was more like basic stuff I think I got just I just when I was like an adolescent teenager I just kind of like floated aimlessly it wasn't really like a competitive (laughs) team thing but I I just remember like I was good at it and I enjoyed it Right. I just have to say for a second. So we're in this podcast studio and we're on video and it feels a little weird. I feel like I'm performing just a little bit. So I just wanted to share that with you because I don't know. I'm sure you're you're like not paying attention because you're doing your own thing. But I'm just like, wow, this is weird. This is awkward. Yeah, for sure. It's it's so awkward to like hear yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like uh, I usually don't have to guess wear headphones, but you kind of have to in here. We're also Um, sitting about six feet away from each other. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it's not like we don't know each other. Anyway, I'm going to back into the interview. Um, I don't, maybe this is a time to bring it up, but you had told me that you wanted to talk about being diagnosed uh, with uh, autism. Yeah, I haven't been formally diagnosed. It was something I was just researching as an adult. And once I started researching high functioning autism, it checked all of the boxes and I was like, Oh, it was like this light going on. And I was like, okay, that's why I am the way that I am. So when you talk about sitting here and having a performance, there's this thing that people who have autistic tendencies do, which is to mask. So I do feel like I've had to reprogram essentially, like how I naturally talk versus how most people want me to talk. And by that, I mean, I talk slower. I take my tone up and down um, to be more engaging. I I talk more with my body because my tendency is to just have a running stream of consciousness and just be very monotone and super analytical. Like, you know, like uh, autistic people are very analytical and um, just like, just blah, 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 blah. So when I get with other autistic people and I get to take the mask off and we just get to in our like way that we speak, then I'm like, oh, and I'm like super comfortable. But with, I guess it's called like, um, what's it called? Like normal <laughs> you know, <laughs> normal people like uh, don't talk like that. So I would always get feedback like, hey, you need to make more eye contact. Hey, are you actually engaged in what I'm saying? Uh, like I would hear this feedback like all of my life that um, having conversations with me would be awkward. And I think that there is also a bias because of how I look. I think that because, you know, I'm tall and blonde and all that, that people expect me to be a social butterfly. And I'm actually more introverted than that. But the feedback I've always received is that people want me to be more social and be more engaged. Hmm. So when I read about high functioning autism, I was like, oh, okay, like 
you know, that, that monotone expression, that very analytical kind of approach to life. It's a very cognitive ap approach to life. And then there's this obsession with, um, with our projects, right? right? Like mine would be art. Like I'm just totally obsessed with it. I'm constantly thinking about it. Um, so, so these are all qualities that help me as a business person because I'm very attuned to like the details and all that. But still, even to this day, people feel that there's something off, I guess, about mm. engaging with me sometimes because I'm not like an I'm not an emotionally led person. I'm a cognitively led person, I guess. So I've I've literally just kind of adjusted how I relate to people based on feedback over the years. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> when you were younger, it's I mean, called a uh, masking in, masking. in, uh, in okay. high functioning autism. Yeah. Okay. When you were younger, you didn't know, but you obviously knew there was something about you that was different. Is, do you think, do you think that you gravitated to the dance? Cause it's like, you don't, you're not really talking to people other than like when you're in the moment or is that, do you think there's a connection with that? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's where I get to freely express myself and kind of like process the emotions and all of that. Yeah. Huh. Cause I, I think autistic people, we have a different relationship with our emotions where it's, it is more objective, um, but on the other hand, there is something called an autistic meltdown. And that's something that I disclose to people that I'm uh, that I work with when we get overstimulated and we are unable to kind of control our environment and stuff. We can have um, kind of just lose our tempers kind of. So I've been in that situation like a handful of time in my life where I'm like trying to deescalate, trying to remove myself from a very stressful situation. And I'll get very aggressive personalities who will just keep coming at me mm. and um if that doesn't happen like sometimes i reflect the energy that they're giving me and i can get a little bit aggressive and stuff too it's really only happened a couple of times and it's after very carefully explaining to people like hey you're triggering me very badly i need this to uh de-escalate i need us to uh, I, I need this to stop and unfortunately especially in this scene you know with a bunch of like you know there are a lot of event throwers and party planners and all of that people can be very aggressive sometimes. Sure. <laughs> There's not always the greatest amount of emotional maturity with uh, the people that we're, you know, very aware. Well, right. Of, and so. even, even not talking about that, you're performing in some unconventional places to perform at times. You guys are dealing with different costume elements. And fire. Fire. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine every show isn't stressful at some point you know it's mm -hmm. amazing that you're managing it at all if that's how it I'm is i'm told i'm very patient and that i handle things very gracefully the only time i have a problem is when people are very aggressive with me mm. and they're not and they're not containing it and right. i and i've communicated to them please contain it hmm. so yeah i mean i uh, high functioning autistic too i feel like i get um a little bit of discriminatory um treatment sometimes like i remember there was this one event planner just on the very end of the bell curve who um, apparently, you know, with rhythm, it's like, there's a very specific dance, um, form to it. There's like a head banging and all this other stuff. So he contracted me the day of over text saying, Hey, we need two go-go dancers. Well, two go-go dancers to me, means people who are feminine and have a feminine form of dance. If you want head bangers, you have to be more specific. So there was just a miscommunication because it was such a last minute thing. I've never worked with him. I didn't know that, that music style, so later on, he was he started out by just yelling at me over the phone like he didn't want to pay me. He was like this this um, uh, this dance style. He wasn't approving of it. 
And I was like, well, you have to pay the go-go dancers because we did provide what you asked for, but let me readjust and next time we will give you more of what you're looking for. And he was absolutely infuriated that he felt that I was not emotionally engaged enough in the feedback that he was giving, I guess, but he kept yelling at me and he was like, your affect, that's the, that's the, the criticism I hear. Your affect is very flat, like yelling at me about how I come off in, uh, and how I carry myself. So weird. So, but, but it's like, it's because I'm high functioning autistic and, and uh, my efforts to deescalate the, the situation failed. They Mm. failed, they failed, they failed, they failed. And it was probably about a month of just getting these harassing messages from him because we had to continue working together. Um, I was I was in charge of entertainment for a venue, and uh, it was probably a month of harassing messages from this person. And I finally just was like, "We're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're we're done." Yeah, at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's an example of a time when um when people like I am very like patient i am i do handle things gracefully but if you throw enough negative energy at me then i'm also a fuck around and find out kind of person (laughs) okay okay yeah well you have to be i guess i mean at a certain point um i just i i always find this interesting when i meet somebody that i mean not that you're an introvert you're definitely not an introvert i wouldn't say uh well i don't know would you consider yourself one the fact that you're thinking about it it's just so interesting (laughs) introverts who perform i mean i get it it's like you have to perform. I understand that part of it, but it's just so fascinating to me because I, you know, I'm more of an introvert now than I was when I used to be on stage more. Um, like, what is that? Like, you just like the the performance, the need for performing is just overwhelming, or you just love it so much that you can push through. There's a feeling of uh, creativity and expression, which is very, uh, which which feels great, and there's a feeling of being in your body and the. Uh, athleticism but there's also the feeling and I think that this is where I say that performing is like a drug because there's the Mm. feeling of belonging there's the feeling of that's so counter to what most people experience in a day when we're working these nine to five jobs where the our culture is like you work for me I get to I am superior to you because you are working for me you do what I say and then you get into this super opposite situation where it's like you're being admired right Mm -hmm. so it's it's a really it's a great feeling and I think it kind of to be honest with you when people first get a taste of what that feels like after not having that then it's kind of like a drug Mm. okay like that makes sense Mm -hmm. so when you're done with college or you're uh, you're in you're in North uh, uh, Dallas here um, so like what was the first times you're performing outside of school what was that looking like Hmm. I took belly dance classes for a long time. I took belly dance classes probably for about a decade. Um, And I was very shy about performing. I actually did not want to put myself out there. Um, Because I was very content to just do it in my living room or do belly dance with friends or whatnot. Um, But I do think that probably underlying that there was the desire. I I, I don't know what the block was there. Maybe I just wanted to get to a certain skill level because it got to the point where I was just outgrowing my surroundings. And the turning point for me was going to Scarborough Fair and I met a drummer and I was like, hey, I really want to join a belly dance troupe. Like, I'm ready to just put myself out there. And he's like, OK. And that was really pivotal. Um, thanks, Joaquin, because he um, brought me into a group called the Gypsy Eyes. So that was um, down in Sherwood. And 
we did belly dance, but I actually, when I first saw fire, I was like, that's so silly. Why do people do that? It's dangerous. <laughs> like I was just not into it. I like flow arts. I'd already done poi, but I was just not into the fire. But when I joined this belly dance troupe, fire was a part of their set. So I had to learn the fire to be a part of the troupe. Huh. And then I had a really good teacher um, who has her flame effects operator license. And she's she kind of like showed me the way that there's a way to do fire manipulation that's responsible and safe. Mm -hmm. So once I learned how to do it the right way, then that was like that was just the gateway. So this was down in Austin that I got to go perform with that troupe. And that was like it was amazing. Like hmm. It was so amazing. I had the best time. Um, but I wanted to take that format. They had a whole 25, 30 minute choreographed set and they use fire in one of their shows at the end of the day. I wanted to take that format and bring it back to Dallas. So this was in 2017 and I didn't know anybody in the fire flow arts community. I only came from dance. So that was, it was just a huge learning curve to try to bring that back into, into Dallas, that format. Huh. Okay. And so when you got to Dallas, like, where was the scene that you found? How did you find that? I went to the Green Elephant at first. It has the longest running open fire circle. I met a couple people there. I went to, I like Burning Man and I like regional burns. I go there when I can. So I met a, some, a fire performer there. And then what unlocked what my current project is, is I was invited to one of the first Flow Moons. So Flow Moon didn't used to be out in Deep Alum Art Co. It was in a, uh, a backyard. Huh. So I was back there in the OG days. <laughs> and um, I just met like another person there. Uh, her name is Joe. And I first meeting, I was like, hey, I want to put together a belly dancing troupe that uses fire. And she's like, huh? And I was like, I don't remember her really re registering it. But then I didn't talk to her for three weeks. And she called me out of the blue and she's like, hey, that thing, we're going to do that thing. And we're going to call it Fempire, which is F-E-M-P-Y-R-E. -E. So I thought uh -huh. the name was really cute. And I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go do that thing. And I didn't realize it was going to snowball. That was the first steps. I didn't realize it was going to snowball into this like thing that's actually become a very uh a, pr a really awesome uh side income and interest for me yeah totally that's when i met you guys when you first started doing vampire and uh yeah it's fun i mean you do you guys do fun stuff with the fire like uh, i i am still one foot in the camp of why are you doing that <laughs> you know? but i enjoy shooting it i enjoy seeing it um god it's got to be hard though to mix i mean you're doing a lot to mix that up with a regular job and a social life of any kind. Oh, I'm super busy. I would like to take some things off of my plate. My house was actually wrecked in the 2021 freeze too. Oh, so geez. I've been trying to fix that. And then my ex is giving me um, legal issues about the sale. So it's been a three year long process to release that. That's a whole other thing that I've been dealing with. That's been taking up a lot of uh, my time. Uh. But yeah, I mean, I, I just every day I just kind of like chip away and I just do stuff. I mean, Monday through Friday, it's nice because I can do the nursing and the nursing's nice because I have so much experience with it that when I get in between patients and stuff, I can be like, okay, I need to text this person back or I need to send that email or I need to put together this Google Drive folder with this information and stuff. So it keeps me really engaged when I'm actually at my day job too. Okay. 
Um, so it just kind of like, I don't know, it just kind of fits like all together, at least right now. But I will say that I am too busy at the moment. And I would like to things to like chill here soon. But my, my house is supposed to I have a buyer. I'm hoping that I get to close this month. And once that happens, it's going to be like wheels off. Like, yeah, it's just party that. time from then on. I hear that. I'm trying to rent my <laughs> yeah. place right now. Yeah. I also remember um, coming out and we aired our video we made for Vampire at Fort Worth Firebeats. Is that still something you do with? Yeah, I remember that. Um, Firebeats, that's interesting because we did establish Firebeats, but then we had a falling out with one of the other co-founders there. Uh, that happens a lot, it seems like. There is a lot of drama in the scene. Yeah. And it would take like many podcasts, I think, to like just describe the drama. But <laughs> there's just there's just so many problematic personalities and what, stuff. why do you think that is do you think that the the, the fire, fire does it <laughs> attract know. a certain type of person that maybe has decided society rules don't apply to them or is there something else to it i mean i've noticed it like I've, we've talked about it a little bit i mean all scenes have their drama for sure like it's not this isn't the only scene with drama yeah but why is the scene seem to be more. especially yeah. <laughs> dramatic yeah. yeah i know see it's interesting talking to you because you actually know a lot of the people i'm talking about too i don't know as many people as you think just so okay. you know like okay. I peripherally maybe okay i just yeah. knew you went to some of the events yeah, i didn't know absolutely. how but you have made comments and stuff that were very insightful and i was like oh he did notice that about that person okay. um All so right. i'm just remembering that from the past so you might you might know more okay. than you think <laughs> okay i just don't want to <laughs> i'm trying not to take sides but anyway yeah. no 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 i understand yeah neutrality no neutrality is great i just never uh, really got that option I don't think <laughs> well, you're in I, the scene. I've, I have I am accepting feedback as to why I have been involved so much in some of the drama in the scene and I think it's just because I do hold myself in a different kind of way here's the thing about the flow arts community a lot of people are very young a lot of people are um, looking for a place to belong mm -hmm. and a lot of people come from really just broken backgrounds like broken childhoods and stuff so when you're getting into the rave and the party and uh, and the party scene like you're really trying to escape so i think that there's this this kind of there's this brokenness that people kind of like start with that is more prevalent in this scene than it would be in other places if you are getting into circus or you're getting into dance then your parents if you're a dancer and you've been dancing since you were a kid your parents were put together enough to get you to those classes and pay for all those things and pay for costumes and stuff sure. if you're coming from a broken background then you're just trying to survive you're just trying to get by yeah well and i mean you're just in this survival mode yeah the analogy is while you're playing with fire like who's what who's supervising that right there are there's a lot of unsafe practices here locally unfortunately but that's just kind of like the nature of the thing um we we really had a learning curve because when we first started we didn't realize how much we were going to resonate and how much attention we were going to receive. Yeah, it's huge. So um, we had a lot of women and I still have a lot of women who want to learn from me because um, Vampire, like we started out as just like a women's group, like a women's empowerment group. And um, I had a lot of women who wanted to learn from me. And we found out very quickly that we cannot just go over things like over the fuel station before we're about to burn. We had to actually have safety workshops, establish safety workshops 
And um, things have been a lot better ever since where we go over, okay, what's a safe costuming to wear? When, when are you ready for fire? What are the fuels? You know, what's the safety setup? So we went over all of that um, pretty early on. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, definitely just playing with fire. Um, Yeah. It's a very dramatic, very, very dramatic scene. So, Mm. so, um, are you still bringing people on? Are you still teaching people? I mean, like how often do you like have to replace the main people? I don't have the time right now to do classes. We used to have a weekly meetup where we invited everybody and it was on a donation basis. And, um, the pandemic changed a lot of that Mm because everybody got into their houses. So I really kind of focused in on who were the most dedicated members who were really, um, would keep up with their craft and get to a very advanced level. And they were uh, committed to learning choreographies, you know, because nothing makes a choreography look look more lame than if you have somebody who's not confident with it Mm -hmm. and they're messing it up. Like uh, audiences are very unforgiving about that. So you have to have a group of, of performers who are really committed to making the final outcome look look polished. And yeah. we used to be a lot more relaxed about that because we wanted everybody to join. It really was a women's, it really is a, a women's empowerment group where we just wanted people to learn and fill their cup every week by being around each other because there's a different vibe that women have when we're together and there aren't guys around. It's mm-hmm. like, it's. It, I would get feedback that, I still get feedback to this day. So this was back in 2018 and I still get feedback that people are like, I miss those meetups. What can we do that again? And I'm like, I do too, actually. But I literally just have not had the time. But I have lots of people who, yeah, still contact me to learn. Right. I am available at the Green Elephant because I do run that fire circle now. Um, I am available for instruction before we actually burn like at the venue. I can teach people mm-hmm. a little bit about props. I can teach people about safety, but people have to contact me and schedule it ahead of time. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I know um, that you've made some costumes. Um, I, are you still doing that? Is that like specific for fire or for, just for performance? I make costumes all the time. I, I think that I think that um, so performing has a shelf life, and um, there's going to be a point in time where I'm not going to want to do this. Sure. I mean, and at least not at the consistency that I am, which is like every single weekend. But um, eventually, uh, there are horizontal growth moves that I want to make, and costumes are definitely one of them because mm. i just love to make costumes. yeah you made some cool stuff in the past i've taken photos of i remember thank you um let's see uh did you want to talk about that situation uh with the promoter guy person um um you don't have to we can yeah i mean i think it's important to kind of get the truth out going back to okay so with flow arts and fire, one of the things that I notice is that when I do these performances, a lot of people have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Like in the audience, this is the first time that they've ever seen that uh, flow and fire arts. I think that there is an element of professionalism that's missing from this scene. And specifically, if I could name one thing that is missing, it would be there needs to be a guild. There needs to be a professional guild where people work out internal problems. And there is not that. There is quite far from that. There is a lot of narcissism. There's a lot of um, antisocial personality type spectrum stuff that's going on in the scene right now. So I, um, 
how, how do we transition to this? Because, yeah, this is like a heavy subject. But basically, one of the ways to make a living as a fire performer is to have a residency. And there are very few residencies, venues that can, that can um, support long-term fire, daily fire. It's partly a legal issue. You don't want to pay for the permit every time. So um, what happened was there was a group that came in after mine, and they have been very abrasive. I feel that they have been very... Um, kind of damaging to the community and they ref they did not get there so i have a flame effects operator license which allows me to pull these permits and stuff they didn't get that they wanted to just go it's called renegade where it's like you just like burn you know without a permit and they brought in a person who has 50 50 different women accusing him of sexual assault as their as their feo and they tried to keep it a secret Huh. Because they know that what they're doing is wrong. That's, I in this day and age, I can't understand how someone like that's out and, you know, not. Known. It's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like anywhere else, they would be, they would have consequences, but in the flow arts community, they get a promotion, at least in Texas. Huh. And like no one, the other rest of the community doesn't doesn't stand up to that or doesn't blackball them themselves or there's no unity like that. But again, you ask me like why I'm, I'm a part of drama and stuff. And it's because I, I bring stuff like this up and I feel very, very much alone in, huh. in doing stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. And, and in fact, um, I ha I did bring, I brought it up in a, in a Facebook group like a couple of days ago and I received backlash from some of the members because they're just standing up for this dude that they, they're they trying to justify their actions. Okay, so nobody's even denying it. They're just saying, well, yeah, but in the past or something. Well, I've had false accusations before, and this is just a witch hunt. Witch hunt gets thrown around. I mean, 50 different women. That's significant. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I get that because I've been on the other side of it, too, where I've seen people make false accusations because their personality disordered or whatever. I get that. Like, you have to discern, like, okay, where who's the messenger but 50 is pretty determining. Yeah. Wow. wow. I, okay. I don't even know what to say about all this. Yeah. I mean, is it? Cause I would say like there could be jealousy, but that's not from these guys. They're just, you know what I mean? Like if it was like women just giving you weird, but these are, it's, it's these dudes that are standing up for this other dude. It sounds like more than anything else. Right. Yeah. And there is no accountability. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, sorry, sorry to get so negative. No, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's it's some important. dark, there's some dark subjects in this, in this scene. Yeah. yeah. I wish it wasn't like that. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it would, it'd be nice, like you said, to like have some sort of guild or for people to back each other up. But I guess you have to get on the same page first, which doesn't sound like it's happening yet. Yeah. And I would not, I would not be bringing this up in a public, like social media on a podcast and stuff, but I have tried to advocate for you guys. Like there are some severe issues. We need to come up with formats that are going to keep standards. And, um, a lot of this toxicity and a lot of these, uh, predatory behaviors and stuff out of our community. Like I've, mm. I've tried to get people to sit down and I was blocked by the leader of the group. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if I, if I try to bring it up in any other format, I get, I get, uh, I get the story It's called Darvo. So it's deny attacked reverse victim and offender. It's, it's a pattern that, um, very toxic people tend to have because it gets the, uh, it gets the attention off of them and they're able to shift the focus. Huh. 
Wow. Okay. It's, yeah. This is. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not good. Yeah. Um. It's there's there's a dark side and then there's a light side and I'm just kind of like in the middle of it and I'm very curious to see how this is going to turn out in the long term. But yeah, it would it would take more people standing up and being like, you know what, this really is not okay, and we we really need to come up with some kind of like a, a format that you gotta things like this don't happen. At least the women could get together to start with. I mean, they're the ones that are in trouble if something if they're alone with this person or something, you know, or all these situations. Yeah, just and they're him. just they're just appalled because it's like they're they're trying to say their experience and they're not getting the support that they need. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's a definite need for some kind of actual format. It sounds yeah. like. And there aren't a lot of people who have the capacity to organize that. You might have to do it. You might have to start. Oh, this. I do. I do. No, the people I work with are great like I my I am the happiest that I've ever been personally because mm -hmm. things are really well aligned and I've been doing this for a couple of years so I have my go-to people that are just super skilled super professional really good at communicating yeah no you have a good team and I was going to actually like well move forward um you don't just do fire i see you guys with like doing go-go dancing doing neon doing space age stuff. like yeah there's so much so basically you're just like if someone goes to a website you have a website where you get hired and like yeah we get a lot of we gotta get a lot of inquiries off of our website we do third party i get a lot of direct referrals and, and like, i work well, with agencies and people so will just how I get. and people will pick just be like okay well we want this and you're like yeah sure we'll do it so for example there was like a fundraiser last week and they said what we want to do is just have a woman sitting on a cable table doing these very flexible contorted poses can you put that together and i'm like Yes, I can. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, um, it was just fun because it was like then it's like I gotta find like the very flexible person who's up to do that, you know. Sure. So, so it wasn't me, but it's like I get to like match talent to whatever the request is, you know. Right. So yeah, I, there is. It's very fun. It's a very fun place to be. It's work. It's a yeah. lot of work, but it's. Um, yeah, it's like uh, I'm like, what am I doing this weekend? Like, yeah. it's gonna be super fun. Well, this weekend I'm going camping, but like <laughs> the month of October um, is very, very, very interesting. Like, I think our next public shows are we're gonna do the city of Arlington. We're gonna do something called a day prop show for their 100 year anniversary of their library. And then at night, we're gonna be doing something called the Great Gatsby Party, which is thrown by huh. a, a, a national um party promoter so i mean it's just it's just really interesting and i get to see people with nursing it's like you get to see people constantly suffering right mm -hmm. but with doing events and stuff you see people celebrating yeah so it's a really nice balance and i really enjoy it i will never get tired of weddings period at the end <laughs> like i hear some people in the industry you're like i'm so tired of weddings and i'm like no it's so beautiful yeah people are happy you're celebrating love like yeah. it's so great yeah totally what what I, you were we, when you walked in you were mentioning that you had started working on putting a podcast together Yes. Um, so Joe, the person that I co-founded Fempire with, like we we've come a long way from the beginning. We didn't know what we were going to do, if it was going to be a hobby troupe. We didn't expect it to monetize and become this professional thing. So there was a lot, a lot, a lot that we learned along the way. Um, I've probably learned more from this artistic venture than I've learned in anything else that I've ever done. Mm. Um, so we just have a lot of advice you know just on how to how to make it how to build yourself as an artist um i'd say that dallas is um dallas is a really interesting culture right like there's there's so many 
resources here and all of that, but it's not really the most supported art scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to make it from grassroots to successful. There's a huge gap yeah. um, there. So w- we just want to talk about what that's like and what the experience of having an all women's group in, you know, the flow arts community has, uh, has how that experience has been. So, yeah, we just have a lot to say at this point, and it's been on the back of my mind. Like, I really wanted to have a podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of exploring that. Cool. That's how I was like, oh, I should have you on because I saw your post about, like, ah, podcast. And I'm like, oh, there's a perfect guest yeah, for Yeah, I'm glad that you did. And I like the name, the name Dallas Famous. That made me giggle because <laughs> yeah. that is, that's kind of a running joke. Oh, yeah. You know? Same um, for me too. Yeah, because when I go out now, I probably see like the same ten people. I don't know how they make it to every event I go right, to, but yeah. it's it's like you kind of just get known in, sure. in the social scene and ten million people, but you see the same people going to the same things. And um, yeah, it's it's like if you do anything unusual, then you kind of get to known for that thing. So Dallas famous, yeah, I can definitely. Yeah. But it is like it's a very condensed, like it's a very localized thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, it's like people are like, are you going to go shoot that show in Columbus? I'm like, no, like, I don't know anybody in Columbus. I'm Dallas famous. That's it. Like I can make, and like, I can't even shoot everywhere here. Apparently that's another story we'll talk about later. Um, Hey, it was great having you, Brianna. We're look out for all your stuff. We'll put the links in the show notes and uh, yeah, hope it all keeps going great. Thank you. Thanks for having me and I will see you around. Excellent. I'd like to thank my guest, Brianna Epsera. She's performing all over, so just take a look at the links and see where you can catch her. This week, we had the privilege of recording this episode at the Epic and Grand Prairie at their podcasting studio. For those that don't know, there's a whole new bunch of cool things happening at the Epic and Grand Prairie, including live shows. If you want to do your own podcasting, you can join the Epic. There's a lot of stuff you get out of that membership. I don't even know all the details, but you can go to jointheepic.com and you can see what that involves. There's a gym, there's a pickleball, there's lots of stuff. So check it out. And thanks again to the Epic for having us. Theme song, Unstoppable by Selene Narala. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, follow all the good stuff and share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.